Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence? I would like to make a plea to the American people. Can we stop trying to turn Sean Spicer into a funny little guy? He's mean. Cody, do you he? agree? I think Is he so. mean? Are he's... you sure you're not trying to say he's a a meme? Well, that too. He, he's he's not even he hasn't been memed yet. He's too he's too pathetic to to not. Or... He's memeing himself. Basically, at the Emmys or whatever. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I understand. I totally. I totally understand and sympathize with the people who be like, you know what? We tousled Donald Trump's hair and, you know, wasn't a big deal. And now, like, what are we doing? <laughs> now we're enabling Lil Spicy. Like, it's make fun of him all you want, but don't allow him into your homes. That's what I always say. I don't know, he just he doesn't seem like that bad of a guy to me. He was just really frustrated. Yeah, but if you're if you're because boss, the White House was telling him to lie. I know, but and I'm, what I'm saying is that if it takes the White House. If the White House comes to you and says, hey, I know it's your first day on the job, but you need to lie to people's faces about something that could not be more obvious, then anybody with self-respect would say, you know what, I'm good. Like, he's going to work again. You know, you're going to work again after that. It's not like you're going to get blacklisted from every job ever. You're going to get a good job, and you're going to have people going to be like, wow, look at that. Look at this guy's, look at his uh, his moral authority and his backbone. You don't just keep lying for six months. integrity. Exactly. Where's the integrity? Where is it, Cody? Do you have it? No. Okay. That's too bad. Somebody's somebody's really bound is. to have it. Someone. Barack had integrity. Boom. Rip. We're coming up on what? Uh, seven months close to of Daddy's reign of terror on us all. Hey, we're still here. We're still here. <laughs> Who knows for how much longer? But for how much longer? Jesus Christ! The natural disasters are. Someone's mad. I mean, well, the, we can take solace in the fact that global warming is a hoax, right? <laughs> Thank God. Thank goodness. Because if global warming was real, oof, that would be that would be a lot of stuff to deal with at once. I don't think we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> just got to count your stars, you know? So, it is just us today. It, Josh is at home washing his tights, to quote one of the greatest movies ever made, Batman, 1989. Um, there's nothing really going on in movies. We kind of think that there's a uh, a Star Wars trailer coming on a mo- during Monday Night Football in the beginning of October, which is exactly what happened last time. So I don't really count that it's as super news. Super weird. I bet tickets are gonna go on sale right then too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think last year was a Bears game too. If I'm or either a Vikings or a Bears game. I don't remember. remember. All I know is I tried to buy a ticket and it took me a very long time and I was upset. Yeah. And I didn't b- try to buy a ticket, and then I just saw it at midnight with fantastic seats. So I was like, oh, okay, you know. Not true fan. Didn't even see it on Thursday at 7. See, I like – I'm always down. I wish we did this more because I, lo- I love the convenience of going to a movie on Thursday night and, you know, having a great time. But I miss the days when it was like a, min- like a midnight release. It was actually a midnight release. And you went – You like, it was midnight, and you went and had a good time. I don't know. I'm trying to remember the last like real I think um midnight release I went to. I think I did I, I for some reason I think I did with Avengers. But it doesn't I don't remember being that I think late. Mine was Man of Steel. Hmm. See, I think I saw I don't know. I don't know. It's point case in point, there should be more of that. And I uh there's a movie theater uh, that is just my favorite place down in New York called uh, the Landmark Sunshine Cinema. And every, uh, let's see, what is it? Every, I think, Friday and Saturday night, so technically Saturday and Sunday morning, they show just a random old movie at midnight, like literally right at midnight. And it was, I saw Blade Runner there, which is an episode you can look forward to this week. Um, Another just Mason one-on-one. Apparently me and Josh are feuding. No, you can come. I never said you couldn't come. I wasn't invited. You're always invited. It's an open invitation. We are our podcast is one long key party. <laughs> well, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, uh 
See if I let's see whose keys I pick up next time on the Netflix podcast. <laughs> Key parties are great, but anyways, um, uh, so Landmark Sunshine Cinema they do what they call Sunshine at Midnight. You get it? Yes. Funny. Uh, where they show movies at midnight. So here's, so this they've actually got a, a good couple of months coming or the next few months. So at the on October sixth and seventh is the room. Okay. The room, right? Not room. The room with Tommy Wiseau to make an appearance. Oh shit! The Tommy Wiseau, and then there's a couple. Then uh, the next cool one is October twenty seventh and twenty eighth is Halloween. The November third and fourth is the room again, and also Gosh. a Clockwork Orange. And then they've got oh it's oh so it's Kubrick month I guess they have the Killing. November 10th and 11th, Full Metal Jacket, November 17th and 18th, and then The Shining, November 24th and 25th. Oh, my God. Like, how great is that? And then there's it's another 2001. movie. 2001. Not there, thank God. Um, so good. And then the, there's another theater that does that, too. It's called the IFC Center, and I'm looking. They do midnight ones, too, but this, this coming one is Welcome to Willits, whatever the hell that is. I've never even heard of that movie. Uh, hmm, yeah, they actually don't have any good ones coming up. Because, like, the first week I was there, I didn't know what was happening, but they were showing Alien at midnight, and I... That was the second time I missed out on seeing Alien in the theaters when I was down Ugh. in New York, so... I don't know how I haven't killed myself yet, to be honest with you. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I, midnight is a perfect... It's it's just... There's an energy that you get at midnight. When people are sleep-deprived, and they want to sleep, but they're... The, the, the wanting to sleep com- combines with their hype for a movie, and it just becomes amazing. Um, yeah. And Blade Runner at Midnight is especially cool because that movie's already like a dream. So, um, yeah. now which version did you see? Did you see like the final director's cut? Or... Yeah, yeah, I think it was the end all be all cut thingy. But um, not much difference in them. Even though I've only seen the, I've only seen, I think the director's cut and maybe the theatrical. I saw I saw it for the first time so long ago that I can't even, I can't even remember. Um, also, I just Googled Blade Runner, and what came up is Os- Oscar Pistorius Blade Runner Killer movie set for fall premiere on Lifetime. So, the fuck God bless, God bless Lifetime. That's what they call him because he was the guy without legs, and he killed his girlfriend, but didn't kill his girlfriend, kind of. And they're calling him the Blade Runner Killer, which is kind of cool. But why? Because he likes Blade Runner? I don't understand. No, because his he doesn't have legs, and they're like blades. He's like that girl in Kingsman. IRL. So. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, pretty nuts. Um, but yeah, so let's before we get into the main event, I want we I wanted to talk a little bit a little bit about a a topic that up until a few years ago probably had a lot more gas in it, but for right now we're gonna be talking a little bit about movie sequels that we never got but that we've always wanted. Cody, any anything coming off the top of your head that you'd like to see a sequel? That let's see. Let's look at my DVD collection right now. <laughs> Start off strong. I want a Lucy too. Really, you like Lucy? No, I did not. It was a joke. Oh, you have, um, but you have it. <laughs> I I didn't pay for it though. Oh, I see. I stole. No, you give stole me it. a sequel to. Now, this can be a sequel that, like, you know, it's a part of a series, but they just haven't made the next one yet, or is completely standalone, and you just like, you know what, there's more story here. You could do you things give me with a this. Star Wars <laughs> Or you how can about... pitch a Star Wars movie, I don't care. Do whatever you want. How about Red Dawn 2, baby, Electric Boogaloo? Oh, my God. <laughs> but how would it change, though? Well, um, guess... Basically, everything would be the same, except we wouldn't uh, cast Josh Peck. Okay, you cast or Drake Bell the, instead. I just want like a re. Or I want an actual true sequel. It happens again, uh, but I guess we can't because Patrick Swayze's dead as fuck. Hashtag sad. I love Swayze. I saw him in uh, what was it Point Break recently, and I was like, wow, this guy is the best. He's a movie star. He's amazing. Yeah. Um. So uh, I actually I have one that I've been thinking a lot about, and. Uh, there's a movie we talked about a couple times on here called Road to Perdition. It's like Sam Mendez's second movie, and it's fantastic. Uh-huh. But there, it's based on a um, it's based on a series of graphic novels, right? And I won't spoil. I, I'll try not to spoil anything for you, but there is 
a built-in story already that features one of the characters from the movie, the um, the son played by Tyler Hodgland, where he grows up and becomes, I think, a, what was it? I think a minister or something like that, or like a reverend. Uh, yeah, not there's just the this character is very interesting, and the guy that the person that played him is uh, Tyler Hochland, Hochland or something like that is about the right age to play him as an adult, and I, I don't know, I it's obviously not it's going to be very detached from the first, but you know there's something I think that's interesting in with with that character especially, and I I'd, I'd like to see where he goes, and uh, yeah, so I, I'll go Road to Perdition. I can buy that. Yeah. Let's um give me a sequel to... We can pitch the sequel to. I think it'll be fun. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, I don't want a sequel to the movie that we're going to be talking about later. That's for sure. Well, there's no there's no more story to tell. We can't understand <laughs> what the fucking... No, let's not get there yet. That's a um, tease, folks. That's a tease. I guess... I think they're developing a sequel to Edge of Tomorrow, but I, I kind of want I want that. Okay. Yeah, they've you know Doug Lyman or whomever has talked about it and be like, oh, we have it's going to be the best idea for a sequel ever. He literally said that. I was like, really? Okay. I like this guy, why this Doug s- Lyman guy. Why don't you he's settle got, down, bro? He's got gusto. Yeah. Uh, there was a movie I saw last just last night that I think would be cool for a sequel. Uh, have you ever seen Dread? No. Yeah, I know that's like the that's the new Sin City of ah oh, that needs to get a sequel, and I just happen to agree because I think but Dread didn't is Sin, really cool. Sin City actually get a sequel? And yeah, it, was it did. Garbage. But for a while, whenever people talked, I noticed at least people talked about movies that should get sequels. It was like the very first one that came up. I was like, oh okay, but I think that'd be because that movie is just fantastic. It's like Die Hard, but more violent, kinda. And doesn't just, Josh Brolin play? Uh... No, no. Carl does Urban. This? Carl Urban does. Carl Urban. They're the same fucking person. Basically, basically. Um, hmm. I'm looking last year. <laughs> I don't know how they could do it, but a sausage party sequel would oh, be fuck interesting. That. No, no. I know. Maybe the the jokes probably run dry, but I think it could be funny. I've really, really cooled on that movie. Really? You, yeah. If the ending was, if that the orgy was cut, do you would you would still? Like I would it, like right? it. I would like it more, but honestly, the, the movie's really it lost all of its charm on me. Really? Okay. Um, See, I've, I haven't seen it since the theaters, but I know I'd love it. Um. Uh. Just oh, how about a District Nine sequel? Yeah. That's not a. Actually, I've never I've never seen that actually. Really? I've heard mixed things about it. I really like it. Yeah. I really like all of his movies. You heard it here first. I love Chappie. Oh, uh, I think we've we've talked about this before, and I'm just let me just bottle up my anger. Um, <laughs> you get mad if you want. I don't really care. No, I don't. I like that I feel movie. I like it, it a lot. Um, there's a there's actually a couple of films from my from 2015 that I think would be great sequels. Uh, the first one. And this is purely me being just a complete and total fanboy, and I'll accept that. But, Cody, we need to get a sequel to Steve Jobs. How? What? No. We need to get a sequel to Steve Jobs. Unless it's from the perspective of, like, Steve Wozniak, then I don't want it. Why? Because there's nothing more to say. Unless it's just all of his cancer stuff. Well, the last one was his iMac. That was the or yeah the iMac, but you so still. So what's happened since then? The iPhone, iPod, iPhone, and then his death. I think that would totally work. I know, I know the death thing would be like maybe schmaltzy, and I don't know if Sorkin can handle that specifically because he doesn't do schmaltz very well. Um, <laughs> but the idea of this enormous titan kind of coming to grips with his own mortality, and after he just. You know, iPhone, the iPhone and iPod, those were his biggest inventions, and the and Steve Jobs didn't cover those which I, un- I completely understand you gotta there's definitely a story there but um you know that you need that f- doesn't really extend beyond like you can't jump from the uh what was the second thing the stupid cube thing the black box whatever yeah it was. you can't jump from the cube and then go right to the ipod just like you can't jump from the first computer to the imac and then to like the iphone or something like that so i think ipod iphone 
and then his death would be a fascinating, fascinating sequel. I think. I, I guess. I guess I can see it if it's written by Sorkin. Yeah, because like if if you really think about it, Steve Jobs was what? Uh, let's see. I think I want to say he was like in his mid to late fifties when he died. Yeah, he wasn't very old. Yeah, so he yeah, so he died when he was fifty six, which is, you know, not, it's young-ish, and he was basically sick and couldn't really do stuff for the last one or two, maybe even three years of his life. So you, the argument could be made that Steve Jobs was just getting going, and he was hitting his like completely next phase of his career, because I don't think he, maybe he developed or helped develop the iPad, but I feel like that was past his, yeah, past his time or something like that. But, like, maybe, I mean, it would be tough, but, like, maybe, you know, iPod is Chapter 1, the iPhone's Chapter 2, and then Chapter 3 is, you know, either the him working on the iPad and kind of having to give it up or make, or, like, the next great invention that Apple still hasn't been able to to uh, perfect or something like that. I don't know. So, yeah, ap- the ap- iPad was released April 3rd, 2010, So it, and he died in, like, June 2011. So, I don't know, he probably had a big impact, input in that, but, uh-huh. um, hmm. I don't know, just, and also, I just love those characters, and I love those actors, and if Sorkin's there, I'm, I've been on whatever Sorkin does, but if it happens to be Steve Jobs too, then by all means, go for <laughs> it. Oh, he died in October 2011, okay, just to correct myself. Steve there. Jobs too, Electric Boogaloo, exactly. let's go, I'm in. <laughs> Or they could just, you know, really stretch it out and do the Fast and Furious uh, <laughs> naming conventions. Steve Jobs, two Steve, two Jobs. <laughs> two Steve, two Jobs. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Steve Jobs, um, Cupertino Drift, maybe. <laughs> I got to finish this now, and you're just going to have to sit there. and. Well, we're here. Let's keep going. You got to sit there, and you promise you got to laugh at these. Okay, so... <laughs> So the first one is Steve Jobs, then two two Steve, two Jobs, and then Steve Jobs, P- Cupertino Drift, Steve and Jobs. Uh, <laughs> Steve and Jobs. <laughs> Steve and Jobs. Oh, Steve and Jobs. Exactly. Um, Steve 5, <laughs> Steve and Jobs 6, uh, <laughs> Job 7, <laughs> the, fate of the, the Fate of the Jobs. <laughs> Oh man, that might be my favorite movie related. The fate of the jobs. Exactly. Um, all right, I only got one more after this, so uh, throw one out here. Let's let's hear another <sighs> another Cody Redfield original sequel that we yeah, need. Sequel, sequel, not that we need. Just if you that I want. If somebody gives um, you a couple hundred million dollars to blow, not that you have to spend it all, but what would you you know want to see? Let's see? How about a sequel to? Let's do Alien versus Predator some justice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Movie I mean, just... I don't know where we're gonna go from here. Okay, well, here's how about this: Prometheus style. We're going to we're going to this planet set up, and then they get there, and it just all help. And ooh, how about an alien hitches a ride on their spaceship, and then like slaughters the most of the crew or whatever, and then makes a bunch of other aliens, and then it gets to the planet. And then they all get out, and it's just two hours of, you know, alien and predator fights. All but, right. Because I guess you need a human character, so maybe David's there. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. That's Gosh, interesting. Into the sequel, yeah. David's going to be there. Um, yeah. He's going to fight himself. I really I really hope we get a an alien covenant sequel that's, like, better. I really want that. I just want... This last one needs to uh, fit in more to the series. Yeah. The original Alien series. Hmm. Apparently in the commentary for Covenant, release confirmed that the, the sequel to Alien Covenant is being written, and Fassbender, Catherine Waterston, and Danny McBride are coming back, and that it's going to cap off the prequel series and lead directly into Alien. So... Okay. Sure. Let's let's do that. I don't care. I'm okay with that. Um, sweet. So my la- my next one, and I think this is of any of any sequel that we've hypothesized, this one I think you can take to the bank that it's going to happen. I think we're we're due for an Inside Out two. 
Maybe. I don't know. I didn't see the first one. Oh, you didn't see it? Oh, wow. But, well, as you know, it's, you know, it's a movie that takes place inside the head of a, whatever, nine, ten-year-old girl or something like that, and it's just, that movie kind of takes place during her childhood years when she moves away from home, and it just, it makes so much sense for this to pick up when she's, you know, they make a joke about it, but when she's in puberty and then moving off to college, you know, kind of... I think Inside Out is the new Toy Story for them, where they're going to revisit these characters, hopefully, in more of a consistent time frame than... Cause like Toy, Toy Story 1 came out in 1995, Toy Story 2 came out in 1999, and then Toy Story 3 came out in 2010. Jesus <laughs> so, Christ. Yeah. So I think you could do, like, five years in between. Actually, it would already be in production if that were the case, but, I don't know, six or seven years in between, and really flesh out this girl's life, and, I, yeah. I, I just think Inside Out's the new Toy Story, and I hope... If you follow her until she dies? <laughs> that would be something. Gets uh, reincarnated. <laughs> Inside Out 4, Afterlife, baby. <laughs> Inside Out 4, Meeting God. Okay. Meeting um, God. Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, any any last ones that came, come to mind? Nah, man. Yeah. I'm sure there's others that, like, you know, but I just, I don't I don't care. Because we get enough sequels, so why not have some more that we actually want, right? Yeah. Transformers 6, that's going to happen. Or if they, are they at it 6? They might be already be at 6, I don't fucking know. God, who cares? Those. Yeah, who cares? Um, Alright, so let's say you move on. and let's, let's Not you move on, we move on. We'll collectively let's, grieve. As a group, yep. Exactly. Uh, let's talk about Darren Aronofsky, shall we? Let's do it. I I know that you have seen at least one of his movies. I have. Uh, and that is Requiem for a Dream. Uh-huh. Have the you sole s- reason. Have you seen I mean, any others? What else has he done? Uh, I know um, he's done Black Swan, which I haven't seen. Black Swan, Noah, Pi, The Wrestler, The Fountain, and I think that's it. Yep, none of those. Yeah. I've only seen Requiem for a Dream. And this, of course. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I seen it. <laughs> uh, I have. He's even picked up on it. We we saw Mother. Yeah, we, we saw about. Mother. We 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 sure saw Mother. Um, yeah, like you, well, I've I've seen a couple of them. I have I had Pi on DVD for like the longest time, and I was like, why do I have this movie? And I gave <laughs> it away. It's like whatever. Have not seen Requiem for a Dream. I've seen The Fountain, which I'm actually curious to revisit, but I I remember it kind of going over my head when I saw it however many years ago. I've not seen the wrestler. Have seen Black Swan. I think it's very interesting. Um, oh, wow, he produced the fighter. What? I saw Noah. I hated it. <laughs> um, and then for Fountain, I was like, Fountain, I mixed on Black Swan. I really, really liked. I think that's a cool movie. And then Noah sucks. And then Mother is. I don't. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't want to say that this movie sucks like a lot of people because if you're if you're trolling through the letterboxed world, this is like a hot and cold. You know, either you love either, it or you either. hate it kind of yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. And I saw just as many half to two star reviews than I did. You know, four and a half and higher. So like, I don't know, the the rating the average rating is three point six, and the high the most co- common rating is a four. And the least common is a half of a star. So I guess so. I guess more people liked it than hated it. Well, at least on my personal feed, I've seen just I've seen about about even. And I don't know. I'm somewhere in the middle. I think to dismiss this as a worthless movie, which I did for a hot second, is <laughs> uh, I think it's misguided because you don't make you know this this is the fact that this movie had thought put into it. I think elevates it to the level of not trash, you know? Uh-huh. Like like this isn't Book of Henry or this isn't Transformers. Like effort effort was put into this. Skill is on display, intention is there. Everything that every, this movie has the hallmarks of a good of of a good well-made movie. So I think the you know, the give this a 1 out of 10 or and then call Darren Aronofsky whatever name or uh, except pretentious, which he obviously is, but I think he embraces that. Um, I just think that's, I think to say that this is trash is a little bit much. That's not fair. And I think yeah, I think your people are, might be projecting their own politics onto it. 
for if that makes sense. Well, of course you're gonna find those people who are are mad at her treatment near the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, spoilers for Mother, in case you that haven't. That wasn't so much of a spoiler, but we're gonna get into those. So understood. I mean, if you haven't. Yeah. So I'm welcome I'm, to any new listeners. Yeah. Uh, I'm mixed on this. I'm on the scale of not liking it because I just don't know how. I don't know where I'm supposed what I'm supposed to like about this movie. I think there's a lot that I can respect about it, but nothing I can say, oh wow, I really liked that movie, you know? It's just so kinda nasty, which is the point. So I'm not gonna I don't wanna hold it against it for being the movie it is, but it is so nasty and just kind of unsettling and uncomfortable that yeah, it's like I said, it's well made, but I don't like this movie. Um in the same way I do you know, Alien Covenant's pretty nasty and mean, but it's kind of awesome in the same way because it's sci-fi and there's aliens and stuff. And uh-huh. this movie is just like, you know, it's an allegory. So I think the story's pretty thin. The characters are sort of... But what's it an allegory for? I know it's something about the Bible, but what? It is the Bible. The whole Bible? Yeah. So to recap, so this is... We're going into clear spoiler territory, so hold on to your butts. Um... Jennifer Lawrence plays the character of Mother, which is can be construed as Mother Earth. And Javier, I just said I said that very pretentiously. I don't know why, but I didn't mean it. Um, Aaron, I'm Aaron all over the place. Javier Bardem oh, no. basically plays God because he's got this. He's got this one book that he wrote, and then you know he's trying to write the next one. Get it? The Bible. And then Ed, Ed Harris plays Man. So like you know the scene where Ed Harris is in the bathroom with. Javier Bardem, and he's, like, puking in the toilet, and you see that abrasion on his side? Yeah. That's the rib that God took from Adam to Adam make Eve. Adam to make Eve, because then his wife showed up. Oh, my exactly. God. And then Dom Hall Gleason and his brother, his actual brother, Brian Gleason. That's his actual brother? Yeah. Yeah, and then nuts. They play Cain and Abel, basically. Which I got that. I understood that. Exactly. And the stain that it left on the floor, the stain of murder or whatever. Oh, is that? I didn't see. I didn't pick that up, so we're we're all learning something. So you know the movie. So he, so here's where here's where I draw the distinction with this movie. Um, it is I don't think it is any more than an allegory. I don't think there's anything more to this. I, there's not there's not there are no themes or ideas or statements to make that are out of the parameters of what it is basically tell what the story that's already been told that it's retelling. Hmm. And oh, and also for the record, the house is the Garden of Eden. And when they break the thing, the, the crystal, aka Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve eat the the, uh, apple. the apple. They get kicked out, you know. But they get brought back in, so maybe it doesn't work. But so, <laughs> those are some extended initial thoughts. But so, Cody, just give me throw it out there. What do you, what do you think about this movie? If I came to, to you on the street, stab you a couple times, and then said, "I'll call an ambulance if you tell me what you thought about Mother," what would you say to me? I would say ow. <laughs> um, Perfect. I, I don't know. I'm I'm with you on this one. I'm kind of mixed about it because I don't think I hated it. No. But I'm I'm really just confused about it. Right. And it's I guess it's just everything kind of just degenerates really really quickly. Right. For no reason. Well, like, I don't know for no reason. Well, oh, I know what you're talking out about. Out of nowhere, I mean, though. Yeah, That's the ending. Yeah, the probably the last half hour of the movie. Yeah. Which is a fucking ride. So Thank God. Yeah. So, you know, so you said that you, you know, nothing wrong with it, but you didn't. You still don't didn't understand. I, the, I thought it was a certain story about the Bible. Right. But you got but see the thing. I guess is, I understand it now. I can see it, but. I guess I just don't understand why all that shit happened in the last ten minutes. Yeah, we're that's that's gonna is gonna take its whole other conversation. So we'll steer from that for the time being. But the thing is, the thing that I found interesting, and I don't think this is, I don't think this. At least I hope. I don't hope. I hope this isn't me being like just finding out that I'm stupid. But the <laughs> Bible stuff went completely over my head, and I went to church for the first however many years of my life. I don't go really anymore, but that's just my own choice. But like I was a churchgoer, and I've read the, I've read parts of the Bible, and I've studied parts of the Bible, and I've been taught and, you know, told about things about the Bible. And this, the movie went completely over my head before I was driving home from the movie, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. 
Got it. Now, I get. Um, I don't think you're you're stupid because of that. At least the church I went to. I don't know if you're as cool as I am as am a, a Roman Catholic, but at least in our church, I I don't go either, but I used to. Mm-hmm. They don't really go through all the stories of the Bible. I couldn't tell you anything about Genesis. Yeah, no, I I'm I'm only I'm mainly interested in the Bible for like the things that branch out of it, like you know the Superman is kind of the Moses story, and I think the the ideas of you know the I think I don't want to sound like a zealot or something like that. I don't know if that's the right word, but I think that. The, the this the book itself the books themselves are kind of just like meta, like lifelines and metaphors you know they're yeah. kind of like living representations of the ten commandments and the all the stuff that you should and should not do but told in fable to like you know so like Cain and Abel to me is kind of like um is like Pinocchio almost like don't lie or don't you know be a dick and hurt your brother or well, I guess the Cain and Abel don't kill vague. people That's... yeah yeah. I just I see most of those as just kind of stories that make up a sort of guidelines for how you should live in the world, and you know sometimes they're weird, like you can't plant crops or wear clothing of with multiple stitching or fabrics or whatever. I've always been interested at the kind of the at the stories of the Bible, and like I think you know if a Star Wars movie or something adapted the story of King David, I think it would be pretty badass because he's just got a fascinating story. Then there's the whole stuff with like you know. The God and Jesus, or like, yeah, well, Jesus's story, and then God and Satan and stuff like that, and it's just there's a lot of rich stuff in there. So I'm not an idiot, but I didn't understand any of this, and it's completely went over my head. And I find it interesting because I came into this and I had no idea what it was about, and I took the thing I took from it was I thought this was a movie about social media and like Twitter and like Twitter and there's a story that at least in the last few minutes of the movie. Yeah, because like I was centered on the on Javier Bardem's character and about how he was, um, so you know, adored by the public and people were you know, do, going to great lengths to find him and you know praise him for his work and how he got like obsessed with his like Jennifer Lawrence is like you know tell these people to leave he's like I don't want them to leave you know I like having them here I was like oh okay it's like I literally I literally thought to myself oh they're his followers like on Twitter. <laughs> Like uh, you said it just like that too. Basically, I was just. Oh, I get it. It's It's Twitter. Twitter. (laughs) That's funny. Um, and the and I guess the between Bardem and like the, you know that that was one part of me thinking it was about Twitter, and the other one was like there was a scene where towards the end of the movie when shit went down, where this guy like stole a like a beam or like this big plank of wood. Jennifer was like, "Why are you doing that?" He's like, "You know, we're taking." it's to prove I was here. I was like, oh, it's like tagging in photos. Like, if it's not documented on the internet, it's like it didn't happen. It's starting to capture memories as they happen or something like that. So I thought that was interesting. I was like, okay. You know, this movie is doing – it's telling this social media story in a very weird way, but, you know, I'm down for it. It's There's some stuff in here. And then once I realized it was the Bible, then everything sort of fell by the wayside. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Now I get it. It's just the Bible. So, I re- I know what the I know what happens in the Bible. I know what it's about. What do you bring to the table? And the answer to that question, that I think is dividing the people who love and hate, is what does it, what else does this bring to the table? I say not much. Some people might say a lot, and it's you know maybe more important than it is. But um, that's a more important. What makes a movie important? I, just... I may, thinks it's more important than it is. I should say. I never got the argument that people are saying it's pretentious. I don't. I just. It's a movie, right? I. I don't. Like, what are those? There's like art movies that don't have like any dialogue. Like those are pretentious. Andy Warhol was pretentious. Here's the. It's important to remind ourselves of the definition of pretentious because it is a word that I. It gets thrown, it gets around, thrown a lot, around a lot. But even by some people on this podcast. <laughs> Both of us. Yeah. I'm uh, attempting to impress by affecting greater importance, talent, culture than is actually possessed. I, just, I don't see that Okay. in this movie. I don't think it's – I think pretentious is not a, the right word for it. Okay. It doesn't make it a good movie, but – Yeah, we, we, 
we label when we think of pretentious, we think of somebody like in an ascot and like John Lennon glasses and an ironic mustache or something like that. Hipsters. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I think this is that because it is it is trying to affect a greater importance than it, you know, in terms of story than it actually has going for it. And I think that's that's evidenced by the kind of shock and awe of the final act that the movie just completely it takes the story and it just completely twists it around on its head because, you know, obviously the second half of this movie is the Second Testament, so it's about the birth of Jesus and stuff, and you can do that in an interesting way. You could, like, I don't know, have, like, a rapid aging, not, uh, sort of, yeah, like, rapidly age the characters or something like that, like, in the span of a few minutes to show, you know, Javier Bardem, he hasn't aged a bit, but now his son is fully grown and his mother... So Mother Earth, Jennifer Lawrence or whatever, is like, you know, is starting to show the wear and tear of, you know, people. and Humanity. Yeah, like the house is starting to rot a little bit or something like that. But So I think Pretentious, it does apply to the movie's last 30, 40 minutes or whatever. But the rest of it is just allegorical. And that I don't think that's particularly pretentious. Um, so let's talk about the pacing a little bit. Okay. Um... It's too slow in the beginning, I thought. But then it gets too fast. There's, there's no winning with this one. Yeah. You see, I, I, I agree with you. I think it was too slow in the beginning and too fast at the end. But uh, there was – like this, this, mo- this movie is obviously split in halves. It's, you know, leading up to when she gets pregnant and then when she gets pregnant and afterwards. And, you know, one is pretty slow and one is pretty long, but – there are sequences in both halves where it's just Jennifer Lawrence kind of gliding Walking about her around. house, you know, looking at stuff. And that's just... Certain movies can do that, that have, like, a pressing, you know, issue or some sort of tension there. But that first half was just... It was unsettling because, you know, what the hell are these people doing here? Why they? Why is everybody being so weird? But the shoe never really drops until uh-huh. after that it hits that halfway point. So it's like really does did the first half need to be an hour long? Why couldn't it have been 45? Why can't you trimmed it down and kind of kept, you know, cut the fat out a little bit? I don't know. I don't know there were some sections in each part that were pretty good. Yeah. Like that were interesting enough to keep my attention and I wasn't squirming too much. Like the Cain and Abel part. Donald Gleason is an amazing actor. Yeah, he is. I'm so like, glad he's gotten big. He's so good, and he was so good in this movie. And I didn't know that was his real life brother. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's not pretentious. <laughs> I'm not saying that's pretentious. <laughs> I'd say it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you know, like that part, and then I don't know. I I guess the last half hour. I don't. It's too. It's, it was weird. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no, it it was. It was it was weird. I agree. Uh just for what it's worth, uh Dom Hawk Gleason is starring in Lenny Abrahamson, the director of Rooms next movie. It's a mystery Ooh. horror drama called The Little Stranger. So Well wasn't he in the movie he did before Room as well? Didn't uh, he believe. didn't well, Lenny whatever his name <sighs> Didn't he do Frank? Yes, he did. Yeah, Donald Gleason was the star of that movie. Yeah. Have you seen, by the way, have you seen About Time yet? I don't think so. You ASAP. As soon what as you finish, it? it's a great movie is what it is. As soon as you finally watch Dark City, that's your next assignment for me. So hurry you, up. You want to hear something that's going to make you mad? Please. At work the other day, I paid to watch the It miniseries. When the whole reason I won't watch Dark City is because I have to pay for it. It's a funny meme, Cody. It's hilarious at this point. It is, but please. You're, just, you're missing out on so many great recommendations from me. I'm just saying. But Well, I'm, just, I'm using this time to accumulate. Like, I have movies for you guys now. Exactly. Fucking Red Dawn. <laughs> um, so, there also another interesting directorial choice was the lack of music in this. Which I think worked pretty well at creating a, you know, an unnerving, 
kind of feel and you want to hear some shit i did not even notice that oh really no well the sound design kind of takes the place of of that music normally would and i think you if this movie had you know either a traditional or untraditional score i think it might feel a little insincere or just or silly, even. I'll go. I'll go with instead of silly. I'll say insincere. That you know, if you have like the strings or the piano or something like that, I'd be like, okay, this is something. There's, I feel like music would really clash with this movie and this story because there is definitely a rhythm to both halves that you know needs to be on its own. I think, and but maybe I don't know. Maybe there's maybe a great score would have bump this up a little bit i don't know i don't know but what kind of score like would it be i could imagine them adding the stupid violin stings to the uh jump scares see i didn't think there were many jump scares there weren't but there was a couple Hmm. well this movie didn't scare me so i guess i wasn't oh it was one of the most profoundly uncomfortable movies i've ever watched though oh no it was incredibly uncomfortable like with all the you know and it's just like with the people coming up to the house and like you know getting into all their stuff and not leaving. It just, like, that part was, it wasn't really unsettling. It was just kind of annoying. It's like, get out of there. Come on. Stop being a dick. You don't need to do this. But then, again, once you realize the metaphor, the allegory, then it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> now I get it why they're doing that. <laughs> um, so let's just get into the end. Do you oh, have anything fuck. else to say pre-pregnancy? Pre-pregnancy, let me think. So we talked about Cain and Abel. Yeah. Well, I guess, what about the performances? Who did you like and who did you dislike? Okay, I liked my, my two favorite performances Excuse me, were Donald Gleason and Javier Bardem. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing actor. Yeah, like, I, was, I love Bardem. He was fantastic. He was so good in this movie. Mm-hmm. I was not impressed by Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, me neither. I don't think I have been impressed by her in a long time, though. Uh, I the, the love affair's over. Yeah. I mean, she basically slept walk through the last Hunger Games and X-Men movie. Um, but I really, I loved her in American Hustle. I, she's fantastic in that, and she was good in Silver Linings, of course. She won an Oscar for that? Silver Linings, yes. She was nominated for American Hustle, but um, yeah, I didn't see Passengers. So yeah, I don't. I've I haven't really liked her performance from her since American Hustle in 2013. So yeah, I and I'm not gonna say this is like an easy performance by any means, but it is. She's basically playing two notes, and they're they're difficult, and you know that's part of the character. But I just I don't think this is a I don't think this is award worthy, really. No. Not her performance, no. No. I mean, like like you, I would, if I'm giving, if somebody says, hey, one of these people is going to get nominated for an Academy Award, who do you want it to be? I'm definitely going with Bardem because he's, there was a bigger range of emotions that he had. Like that, the after the baby was born, when he's just sitting in the chair staring, it was fantastic. Oh, it was so creepy. That was unsettling and he never broke and it just, uh, that was fantastic. And then she, I mean, yeah, she screamed real loud. And she looked confused and annoyed a lot. But is that award-worthy, or is that just, okay, you did that, <laughs> you know? Congrats. Um, Pfeiffer was a little over the top. She kind of, I think she might have went too far with the whole... Oh, uh, that was Michelle Pfeiffer, wasn't it? Yeah, with the whole I'm well, drunk and caddy thing. She doesn't look that good. Yeah. Ed Harris also just looks, he's like, okay. a, he looks like a baby. and He's getting old, and that makes me sad. Uh, and then the boys are good, you know, Gleason and other Gleason. Um, but I don't know. Bardem, I think, is where this movie comes to fruition because he actually has like an arc, and he actually has different sides to him, which he needs to because he's the poet and all that. But um, I just th- I feel like he's getting he isn't getting the due that he maybe deserves. So people are too confused. Exactly. So finally, Jennifer Lawrence gets pregnant. And she carries a baby around, and she's pregnant AF, and then her husband publishes, you know, him, basically, publishes his new book, and everything's great, and then people start showing up, and, you know, from there, they invade the house, and then... Start stealing shit. Yeah, and then it Mm. just becomes, 
you know, a every, clusterfuck. It's yeah, just a clusterfuck, and every time she turns into an, a room, it's almost like another stage of human history. I feel. Yeah, I think that was the point. Or just, or maybe it's just things are getting progressively more and more violent, but like time is rapidly changing, and like it's. Yeah, it's, I noticed. I noticed time jumps. Yeah, it's like fifteen, twenty minutes in movie time, but it's it feels like years. You know, dozens of years even in. Um, canon, like in, in plot time, I uh-huh. guess. And that kind of threw me off. Like you said, there was a contrasting uh, pacing to it. And it's just like, a, you know, you either you're inching down the freeway at 10 miles an hour here or there, or, or you're 70. Yeah, or you're 70 weeding through traffic. It's just, there's, you know, I don't think this movie would be better, really, if it was at a 50 the whole way, but it might have been, I think people might be able to accept it a little bit more, but, um, so yeah, so it reaches the end, and you know, Jennifer Lawrence finally, you know, is thrown around enough, and her husband finds her, and she's about to have the baby, and she has the baby. Oh fuck! Oh god! But so, she she refuses to give the baby up, and then what happens? Probably for a good idea. So they have a staring contest that goes on for about ninety years. They're just staring at each other. Jennifer Lawrence is getting sleepy, and. Oh, fuck. She nods off for a second, and Javier Bardem takes the kid. He's like, I want to show them my child. I just want to see him. How's my how's my Bardem? Fabulous. I just want to see the child. Uh, oh, fuck. So he has, he's like, here, just take my kid. Go look at him. And everyone's trying to touch him. He crowd surfs for a bit. Crowd surfs for a bit. Yeah. They're about to go into the next room. I guess they don't notice that there's a thing called a fucking door. And hits, oh, they hit the baby's head and its neck snaps. Everyone freaks the fuck out. And everyone in the theater was like, oh, man. And then they eat it or something. I don't know. It's fucked up. Yeah, so the baby crowd surfs basically and it its neck breaks and Jennifer Lawrence is like freaking out. She's like, "Oh, they should they kill my baby?" And then the next thing we see is like a little rib cage on a plate, and then a bunch of people eating something. So, you know, the metaphor is, you know, you're eating the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ, yeah. And, and but like, what does mother like? If so, if Jennifer Lawrence's character is like a representation of Mother Earth, like. I don't know. I I, I want to say like, what does she care? What happens to one guy to Jesus, basically? Like Mother Earth is kind of out of the equation. It's God who you know does the immaculate conception or whatever. So like, wouldn't he be more upset than she is in in you know biblical canon? But it works with the story that she's like the literal mother of the baby, and then the baby gets its neck snapped and then eaten and all that, which that's fine. Uh. So basically, Not fine. It's so fucked up. Yes. Oh my god! And like, what was that done for? I don't know. That what was the most upsetting thing I've seen in the movie, right? At least this year. And I, we watched a kid's arm get ripped off just last week. Oh yeah, yeah. It's been a weird few weeks. <laughs> and then we got the snowman coming out soon, so that's even greater. Oh, I saw a trailer for that. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Um. Yeah, I just it's like I respect. I I don't. Know, I kind of. I respect a filmmaker for taking it one step further than it normally would slash should have gone, but when you're killing and then having people eat a baby, I'm just like, okay, man. I'm trying too hard. Yeah, you're trying a little bit too hard. We get it, okay? We get it. And I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's, that's pretension, for pretentiousness, <laughs> I think. It's like, oh, now we're going to have him eat the baby. Get it? Like, like that part. This movie is just this movie is two hours of Darren Aronofsky sitting next to you in the theater, and like poking your elbow every couple of minutes, being saying, "Do you get it? Do you, do you get it?" And for me, I was like, "No, I don't get it." What are you talking about? I don't. What are you doing? But for most people, for I, I feel like if I saw this and immediately like, oh, it's the Garden of Eden. Oh, it's Adam. Oh, it's Eve. I don't know. Would I like this movie more, or would I liked it just the same? If you got the metaphor. And if you got the allegory. Um, I don't know. Knowing that it was a 
just trying to figure it out. Right. Hmm. Uh. So yeah, that's and then, so you know, turns a the plot. Then she, then she rages out and she like breaks the house basically, and she goes into the into the basement and lights that shit up, and she, you know, Javier Bardem because he's God isn't hurt, but she becomes you know a. She just gets burned. She gets burned real bad. Like, she becomes Darth Vader, basically, at the it's end. It's gross. It's not cool. And then he rips her heart out. After, you know, she says, you know, go ahead, rip my heart out. I don't care. And so he rips her heart out, and then he kind of futs it around in his hands, and it becomes a crystal that keeps Was broken out. earlier. Yeah, Ed Harrison, yeah, Ed Harrison, whoever, and Michelle Pfeiffer broke the crystal, and he expelled them from his library, a.k.a. At Garden of Eden. And I don't know, that that part kind of confused me. Like, what's the crystal supposed to represent? Like, I think the sun, but I don't know. Maybe it's just life. How do you break the sun? Like, it's weird. It's just it's yeah. weird. Like, why does he start? Cause, and then the, so he, he puts the crystal that he got from Jennifer Lawrence back in its place, and then the house is restored from being burnt, and then another girl whose mother wakes up and is like, the movie basically starts all over again. And that didn't make sense to me. Um, Like, is he implying that there's, like, that the Earth is reborn when things get too effed up? He's hoping. But we didn't didn't reincarnate after, like, if we look at the timeline, we didn't reincarnate after... Oh, wait, hold on. Maybe Jesus. So Jesus dying... And then Mother freaks out and, like, tortures herself. Maybe that's the planet kind of taking, you know, taking the reins back. And, like, because eventually, whether it happens in 100 years or happens in, you know, when the sun hits supernova, eventually human life is going to be completely expunged from the planet. Like, that's just, that's an, that's an inevitability. It's not if, it's when. And so maybe that's what he's saying, like, in the total lifespan of, you know the planet basically and of the universe that eventually things are going to kind of course correct and we're just going to be we're going to be gone there's going to be lizards and birds and fish and stuff and then you know eventually things will over the course of time things will revert back to the way they were and you know humans will rise from you know or come from apes or fish will be apes and then apes will be people and then we'll all just start over again i just want to point out that you said apes four times Monkeys. Instead of calling them monkeys. Monkeys. Well, for the metaf- for the metaphor of, you know, evolution, you have to say ape, unfortunately. The meme doesn't work here. Yeah, I know. Sad. Hashtag um, sad. Um, so let me ask you this question. Is this movie cynical or optimistic? Fuck. Let's say cynic. I mean, just going off the general tone of the movie, I'm going to say cynical. Hmm. Do you think it's optimistic? In a very twisted way, yes, because the movie does end on, the movie begins and ends on the same thing, and that's rebirth and a new, you know, there's always a new day, basically. Like, no matter how bad, you know, if tomorrow Trump loses his mind and nukes North Korea and they nuke us back and just everybody's flinging around nukes like candy on Halloween, there's going to be a day after that, and there's going to be a day after that and a day after that and a day after that, and... Yeah, eventually things end with, like I said, with the sun with supernova, but, you know, tomorrow is always an option, basically. And I think that's what this movie's. I think it, in it like I said, it, in a weird way, it is twistedly optimistic. And that is a tough thing for, some, for a lot of people to accept, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, just depends on how much of a nihilist you are. So, so I don't know. I don't uh. know. It's... Again, I think the main thing I don't like about this movie is that after the once you set aside the allegory, and I know I just kind of like hypothesized and thought out loud about what it could mean, but I think once you get past the allegory, the movie kind of loses steam and it just becomes, oh, they're doing the Bible, neat. And <laughs> you know, people talking about like, oh, this may this like, you know, this is like a thought like this is a thought-provoking movie. It's like, I'm sorry. No movie has ever thought-provoked me, really. If like yeah, except what does for, like, it even the, mean? Yeah, like, like was it? What was the last movie that made that was thought provoking for you? It depends on like sometimes movies make. Like, I had to think about the end of Inception. Yeah, but thinking about it isn't the same as like when I think of thought provoking, I think of like changing your way of thinking. 
or opening a new door of perception or something like that. And this didn't. I don't think this is that. I don't think. I don't know. I don't think you can paint this as opening a new door of perception unless you've never heard the Bible before. So I don't know. <sighs> Run me the Bible, though. Yeah, exactly. When are Do we f- going to do our live reading of the Bible? <laughs> Hopefully soon. <laughs> God. Uh, so, yeah, that's any any final... Uh, I, those are my final thoughts, but any final thoughts on Mother? Things that you liked, didn't like? I can't... I don't, I need to, I don't want to see it again, but I kind of feel like I have to. See, I'm I'm that, but I don't think I have to. Nor do I want to, for that matter. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to. Yeah. But <laughs> you know what? I, I'd rather just watch it again. <laughs> exactly. So, eh, maybe this. I'm glad people are enjoying it, but it's just it's kind of an all or nothing sort of thing, and I'm just, eh, it's fine. It's in the middle. Uh, you want to give it a grade? Yeah, I'm gonna give it a six. Oh, so you liked it? Kind of in the middle. I like the performances. Uh, put it up there for me. Okay, understandable. Bardem is just great. We need more Bardem. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll drop it a five. I think it's okay. Okay. You know, I'm not. This isn't gonna be anywhere near the best or worst of the year once we get there. So it's just kind of in the middle. It's like it's. This is a movie. This movie exists. It's. It's. It's cool that a studio is willing to put something like this out there, and it made. Not a lot. I have to guess. Yeah, it made seven point six million. It's opening weekend thirty. So I don't know. I don't think this is a movie. I think this is the kind of movie that this is Paramount, and I think this is the mo- this is the kind of movie they put out to give themselves like, uh, you know, goodwill f- towards the Academy, and like, oh, look, we can make interesting films, and for like the <laughs> this is this is like a red meat you throw to the film fans to get them hyped up and get them to be like, oh, well, it's Paramount. They gave us Mother, so. Um, so yeah, the budget thirty million overall worldwide box office is fourteen point one. So I don't know where those numbers are coming from. So I think it'll make a little bit of money, and this is this definitely has cult cult film written all over it. Like people are going to be taught, like Letterbox users in twenty you know forty two are going to be putting this in their favorites and saying, "I wish I could have seen this in the theaters." And like this is an under underappreciated masterpiece and all that. Here's hoping if the Bible is still worshipped in a hundred years. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, all right. Uh, quick watching, <sighs> watching, reading, listening to anything that jumped out. Um, I'm almost done with it. Oh boy! Yeah, we've I've got. We were talking about that earlier. You got past the rough patch, I guess. Just yeah. There's only um, I only have an hour and a half left. Cool. So yeah, I'm gonna finish that probably tomorrow. So I need to figure out what I'm gonna read next. Seven days, right? <laughs> What the hell? What? Seven days. You get to die in seven days. Ring. Room. It. Got it. Nailed it. <laughs> Are you okay? No, I'm not. I'm not okay at all. Um, watching and listening for me is South Park. Can I get a hell yeah? <laughs> oh, I, I did watch the new episode. Fantastic. It's like every great South Park episode. It wraps up like eight different subjects and does them all perfectly. And the... <laughs> I like HGTV, and I and I watch House Hunters and like the Fixer Uppers and listed Love It or Lister or whatever. Uh-huh. And when when Randy just kept saying over and over, we could knock down this wall and really build like an an open concept like <laughs> to every <laughs> single person, and that's all they do. And the guy gets so upset because he can't have an open concept. It's just it's fantastic, and everything that it says about like the white nationalist movement. It's like Randy's whole <laughs> spiel of like you. All you have is a high school degree. Do you really think you're going to be able to do much with that or something or whatever? Was just making us, You're all making us look so stupid. Come on. Exactly. It was just the perfect South Park way to address it because they could get so preachy and mean, but they just – they toe the line of satire and, you know, giving not just, you know, Republicans and Republican-leaning people, but everybody the middle finger when it's like, come on, you're being stupid. Stop. <laughs> and they just – they do it better than anybody. And the next episode is a Tweak and Craig episode. <laughs> Oh no! And the last one of those was fantastic. I don't care what you say. I love those ep- that episode. Um, with like all the people. Oh, man, we're not gay. And, oh, it's good. so good, so good. So, South Park. I loved it last week. I'm probably gonna love it this week and and every single week going forward. So, forever that show. 
Uh, all right, so that's gonna be it for us this evening. And Josh and I are gonna Josh, Cody, and I. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Schedule permitting, we'll be back to talk about Blade Runner very soon. Um, so that's it. And until next time, you can follow us at underscore Reflex on the Twitter. And be sure to leave an iTunes review. Let us know what you like. Let us know who you hate the most. And maybe we'll kill them. We'll definitely... We'll kill them. We're going to we'll, tell them. We'll definitely eat them afterwards. That I can tell you. Okay. It'll, I don't we'll know sacrifice what, them, you know, so you can get into heaven or yeah. whatever. The body of Cody compels you. What? Okay. <laughs> By the way, I think I, I've unrelated to Mother. I bought the Exorcist on Blu-ray, so I think that'd be a, a very interesting double feature to take. So I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so until next time, uh, Cody, take it easy. See you later. Mama, life it just-